Oh, yes. <laughs> just leave it going, Nick. Leave it going. All right, all right I'll play it just quietly. It is topical while we introduce yeah, it, the it show. Is, it is. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the NPL Victoria pod here on FNR Football Nation Radio. What you're listening to right now is the South Melbourne theme song. Bring it up. Bring it up. Come on. They may win the championship, but they yeah. have, and the reason we're playing the music, Nick, they have won the premiership. Finally, South Melbourne, the best team all season, I think is fair to say, from, from start to nearly now finish, have finally, on the penultimate round of the NPL Victoria season, been crowned the premiers. Who would have thought at the start of this year? Who, Who would have thought? thought? Not me. Not me. <laughs> I mean, it's been an incredible season for them. They got the job done against Andy City on Saturday. 1-0 down at Lakeside Stadium. Obviously, it's one of many, many big results throughout all three tiers of MPL. We have two... Well, no, we don't have a Premier yet in both MPL 2 and MPL 3, but we have another team that is promoted. Yes, and we have a team that is all but going... Barring... A series of 10-0 losses, yes. the likes of which we've never seen. seen before. Oh, well, maybe we have seen them. I don't know. We should ask Tony Pasolia. Tony, uh, Tony. But the li- <laughs> losses, the likes of which we have never, ever seen. Uh, Dandy Nong City also as a result of South Melbourne's premiership uh, orbits. Orbit going I down. have a minor gripe. I am a little bit upset that we don't have as much chaos as we could have heading into, NP- mm. into the final weekend. Well, it's because if, you used it all up on Friday if, night at CBS Nick. If Dandenong Thunder had just hung on against Hume, even to a draw, actually, if they'd won, okay, they'd won, we would have them right in the mix for finals. We would have a relegation race going right down to the final day, mm. except for Hume. Congratulations to Hume for all but securing their spot in the top tier for another year. Um, they came from behind and beat Dandenong Thunder, meaning Dandenong Thunder cannot make the finals. Meaning, Dandenong City cannot send it. Well, they technically can, but like it's not as realistic. The chances become like a point zero 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 one, a ten nil victory, or some something thereabouts. It would take a abs- over Bentley for Dandenong City, and it would require Hume to get what is more, shellacked okay. by Oakley. I got a question for you. That what is, is probably more likely. This is Oakley. Do have something to play? What is anyway. what is more likely to happen? Like then, give me an example of something that's more likely to happen than Hume losing ten nil and Dandy City winning ten nil. Something that's more likely to yeah. happen. Hmm. You know what I think is more likely to happen than that? What the sun's rising in the west and setting in the east. That's basically the sun just changes complete okay. trajectory. Okay. Yeah, I think it's more likely that I will be struck by lightning. Well, I shouldn't say that because I say that I was nearly struck by hail, as were many people who tried oh, to yeah, play. On Saturday. Uh, if you had your, your community game uh, on the weekend, your state league game, I'm not sure what, what division people who listen to this podcast play in. I'm not sure if people are listening to this podcast. Anyway. Well, if you are, say good If you were affected by hail, uh, please do let us know. You can either uh, message the radio station directly uh, at FNR underscore radio or you can comment on the live stream. Well, but, yeah, we had just chaos all over the place, the elements, the football. It's a lot to get yeah, through. Yeah, well, we, we did def- we do definitely have one listener, and that is Craig Filer, who did come up to me on Friday night when we did the <laughs> game, the, the, the uh, Moreland City-Pasco Vale game on Friday night. 
He said to me, he's one of the first things when he said, hey, Nick, how are you? He said, well, I, it's good that I rocked up today. Otherwise, I'll be getting another shout out on the podcast about being a flake. <laughs> and I, I actually felt bad for a second. But uh, yeah, shout see, out. That, that's the problem with making yeah. fun of people in your little <laughs> corner of the internet. When you actually have to meet them in, in yeah, person, yeah, yeah. you feel bad. Shout out, shout out to Craig. He was sensational to work with on Friday night for a great game. He's one of the, he's one of the best. He's one of the best NPL commentators. I really enjoyed working with Craig Filer. So shout out to him and all the guys at Football Out West, himself, Steve Curtin, and as well, Tom. Um, but, Lockie, let's get into all the action. We've got Josh Parrish joining us a little bit later for the game of the round, Heidelberg versus Avondale. But actually, before we get into that, I just want to make a bit of an announcement. I want to make an announcement. I haven't even run this by you yet. You're going to play the South Melbourne thing. Again. So I want to make a bit of an announcement here for those who may be living under a rock today. I've been not on social media today. Congratulations to Lockie Flanagan and our guest, Josh Parrish who are commentating the round of 16 Australia Cup games oh, tomorrow God. on 10 oh, play. Lockie commentating Oakley versus Brisbane City and Josh commentating Avondale versus Brisbane Royal. You know what the only bad thing is about this? They're on at the same time. If they were stretched out, mm. I could be able to have Josh and Lockie on separate days. Now I have to have... The simultaneous. Now, well, now Josh will it's... just have to miss out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, but end of the day... So was Apicure. Zoom. Okay. Anyways, um, we'll get the Zoom fired up right now, Apicure. Thank you very much. Um, in terms of bats, yes, you know how hard it was. Like I'm, I'm not even going to BS it. You told me about this a few week, uh, about a week ago, mm-hmm. and you know how hard it was when people would ask me and be like, "Oh, you know, Australia Cup coming up. You know, round of sixteen. You're going to go to the Oakley game? Actually, it was a." Uh, Athos Serialis FNR alum, and you know how hard it was for me to keep my mouth shut and say, when he asked, is everyone else going? And I had to say, well, <laughs> but I didn't actually, I it think was I hard. even replied, as I will be there. Yeah. I can't tell you in what capacity, <laughs> but I will be there. But again, Lockie, to yourself, and we'll say as well to Josh a little bit later, congratulations, very well deserved for a sensational body of work over the last three years, Langy, MPL.TV, FNR. I just want to make it absolutely clear to the people who are listening to this podcast. I did not, genuinely did not know that this was going to happen. Didn't ask for it. That, but that's uh, okay. But Have I your very, moments, mate. I'm very appreciative, Nick. Um, and yeah, look, it's it's nice to see that uh, that good things can happen for those who, who come through the, the NPL, both uh, as players sometimes and in this case for, for one game for... Uh, for Josh and I, but look, I, I'm I'm really, really, um, really looking forward to it. I mean, Oakley, Oakley, uh, you know, a team who've been really strong all season. Brisbane City are uh, fascinating outfit. I think if, on if, the if, if, if. I think on the night for a variety of factors, some of which will reveal themselves uh, in due course. I think it's going to be a really tight game uh, and and a cracker. I'm glad to be alongside Andy Harper for for the evening. But yeah. Um, you know thank you. And I've had a lot of nice messages probably to some people who are listening to this show as well, uh, who may or may not have also been hailed on this weekend. I'm not sure. But uh, if you are one of those people, uh, thank you as well. It's been a very heartwarming I, day. I just got to say, Lockie, like, you know, it has been a pleasure working alongside you for the last three years, like, you I'm know, not, doing a lot of different games. I'm not leaving. No, I know. But, you know, Pacure, he, he really is leaving. There was, a reference I could have, there was a reference I could have made there, but we don't swear yeah, on I this know. program. But i got to say, it's been a real pleasure working alongside you for many years, especially this year, you know, down at our Monday nights down at the Ven for Bulleen. I mean, oh. that's that's been, you know what, you know what took it over the line? It was the Bulleen games that we did, I reckon. I reckon it was definitely your work then. It was a, We had some fun on the Monday nights, but as well, of course, you know, down at, uh, we've done 
What else games have we done together, Lockie? We've done a few different games. We did a game out Paco, at CB Smith. We did, we've done Paco a few times. We did Paco Lang Warren last yes, year. And Smith. then we did Pasco Vale Avondale in round seven of, of the, the then FFA, FFA Cup, Cup in 2021. Yes. So we have done our fair share of games. But also, you know, watching on from an outside point of view when you've been, uh, you know, jumping in and... Pakua, you want to come in as well? We've got Pakua. Oh, no, no, guys, guys, we have you an actual Pakua. show that we need no, to no, do no, here. No, 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 no. Before, before we get to that, now Pakua. Pakua is in. Pakua, I don't, come on, I'd... come on, Pakua, come on, come on. I want, come on, come on. For, for podcast on, listeners, on, come on, imagine the face of someone who wants the ground to give way beneath But you know, this is more important than just the action, Lockie. We need to appreciate the NPL is more important. We should be talking about the NPL. Don't get humble on us now. You were just talking before. Don't get humble. No, he wasn't. He was, he was, you know, we were... All a part of the FNR group, very proud of Lockie and Josh Mann. They've done some well, but I just want one promise before, you know, they leave us the big time. Lockie, can you just promise that you're not going to forget about the rest of us, you know, your FNR crew? Okay. I am going to answer this. I'm going to answer this question by saying I will be back doing NPL 2. <laughs> NPL 2 on Saturday. I will be at Lang Warren Manningham for the final day of the season. But you know what? And then I'll be at NPL you 1 on so Sunday. There's so many new skills that you've learned. Okay. <laughs> Turn that microphone off. This is getting. No, no, no. To hang on, hang on. We need, we need to play some music for Lockie. You know, he's he's saying sayonara. Sayonara. Bro. I'm just a simple man who wants to talk about the most recent round of NPL football. Yes, pleased for Wednesday. Grateful for the appreciation. But come on, match review is what the people want. Let's give the people what they want. Okay. All right. We'll leave him. We'll leave Don McLean. Don. You're going to have to stay quiet for now. Maybe we'll rip out a bit of American Pie a bit later on. Anyways, let's get into it. But, Lockie, perfect segue, considering you're doing Oakley versus Brisbane City. Uh, actually, <laughs> the, no, no. The perfect <laughs> segue. The, like, it's a five-minute-long segue. Oh, yes. Seamless. Okay. Actually, no, no, no. Let's, let's actually talk about the game we spoke about at the top. South Melbourne Premiers for 2022. Wrapped it up on Saturday at Lakeside. Indeed. Uh, Joey Lynch and Zemir Kulash were down there for the call. Uh, Marcus Schroen with the goal, which made sure of it. It was basically done. They, it got a bit edgy after that loss against Port Melbourne, and they had to Did. sort of go the bit the the harder the the hard way, go down the, I guess you know not the way they would have liked. I think they would have liked to have had the last two games, you know, with uh, wrap, top spot wrapped up. But nonetheless, they can go into the final game against Avondale with that all sorted. Uh, but it was really it was a fascinating contest for many different reasons, Lockie, and we we've been talking about this for weeks mm. about the the how do you replace Harry Sawyer conundrum. But I mean. It did look like, to an extent, like they really did miss Harry Sawyer. They got the win, hmm. but is it completely all good for South Melbourne right now? Because they're going in without their main man into finals now. What, I, do, what are your thoughts coming I mean, out Saturday? In, in, in the short term, yes, it absolutely is all good for South Melbourne right now. Like they've lifted the premiership yep. for the first time in, in a number of years. Uh, I think Esteban Kintas becomes the 10th South Melbourne manager to lift the premiership. And he's a man who... I think it's very fair to say, particularly after 2021, had his fair share of critics. Yeah. I would I would certainly count myself in amongst those and, and, and say that this is not a result that I would have necessarily expected him to do uh, to achieve off the 2021 showing. But it is clear this team, while still containing a lot of those sort of fundamental principles of his style, have raised their game to a, a, another level here, are able to apply themselves more consistently. And... They have been the most consistent team this season. Yes, there have been a few slip-ups against really all the other Greek teams, really. Port Melbourne, <laughs> Oakley, Heidelberg. 
Um, but by and large, they have been the most consistent team yep. over the stretch and are more than deserving of their success. So short term, I think you could see the discourse, particularly on soccer Twitter, uh, South Melbourne fans are delighted with the situation. Um, even though it doesn't mean anything, it's not necessarily, or it doesn't look at this stage that it's going to deliver uh, a place in the national NPL finals or anything like that. Uh, it's still a fantastic result to be the best team over the stretch of a season. Uh Long term, I guess the the jury's still out. I've been, which is something we'll talk about later, really impressed by Port Melbourne. Really, really impressed by Port Melbourne of late in particular. Um, but yeah, you're right. There were maybe a few signs, particularly inside that first half, that South Melbourne was still working out the kinks of what will be, for all intents and purposes, a, a different approach with, at least for this game, Alan Webb leading the line. Dandenong City were, were okay yeah. in, in the first half. They were pretty good value. Um, Tommy Semi had uh, a few good shots on goal. John Quoll as well, who's recently made his return back from injury and was into the starting lineup. They didn't have it all their own way, bearing in mind Dandenong City aside who were literally fighting for their survival. Problem for them is they did maybe have enough good chances in the first half to draw this game, a couple in the second two, but they needed to win. And in the second half... That was when Dandenong City started to flag a little bit. South Melbourne were able to take control. And look, the goal that got them there in the end from Marcus Schroen, was it pretty? Was it elegant? Was it a picturesque move? Not really, but it's enough. And Marcus Schroen, a man who's scored goals to to win them championships, has, uh, has won them a premiership as well. And look, again, absolutely well-deserved. So goals kudos goal. to South Melbourne. Goals a goal, Lockie. And in these sort of games... You just need to get the three points, and that's what South Melbourne did. I mean, Dandy City, on the other hand, I I feel I actually feel for them a little bit because they have ended the season, I think, on quite a high note. Like, they've actually done the best I think they possibly can to stay up. They made some neat signings in the middle of the year. Unfortunately, they've just left it a little bit too late, and that poor goal difference is what's going to cost them at the end of the day because, as we mentioned, they're technically still alive, but they're 15 goals plus three points behind Hume City. So it would take something special, but mm. it's it's looking like a return to MPL2 for them, which I think, honestly, they'll go back to MPL2 in a very tight and contested MPL2 next year, which we will talk about what's, yeah, what's shaping up no next year. It's guarantee that they come back up with but they, quality. But they'd, they'd be up there, though, I think. I think certainly they'll invest heavily. They've certainly got the resources to go out and get some decent reinforcements in the off-season. But I think for them as well, considering how tight it is in around themselves, Hume, St. Albans and Altona towards this tail end of the year, I think if they timed their run, if they were a bit more consistent earlier in the season, I think they would have been a much better chance of staying up this season. But at the end of the day, I mean, those early points from Altona, St. Albans were really the difference in terms of getting them away from that relegation battle. And Hume just getting points when it mattered in that little stretch under Goran Lozanovsky and then getting the win in their first game under Urson Gulam. So... Disappointing for them. Where they go from here, I mean, Lubin Palinic is still technically the interim. Whether mm. he gets the full-time gig, I think he's put forward a, an okay case to maybe get that job full-time. Um, it will be curious to see, I guess, what the powers that be decide, whether they decide to back Lubin Palinic for one more season um, or back him in full-time or whether they go back to the, the shop window and try and bring in a new coach. That's certainly one sort of storyline to keep an eye on. But... I mean, they end their season next week, I believe, just double-checking the fixture here. So they're playing against Bentley Greens at home, yeah, which they could still play. A Sunday real, 3 p.m., yep. as with all the games yep, this week. Of weekend, course, and, and Avondale hosting South Melbourne. So for both those teams involved, Danny Nong and South Melbourne, they might not have much to play for, but they have a big say in see, how... See, 
the playoffs play, especially especially South, South Melbourne. They I, don't want I to lose. Make no mistake. Yes, South have effectively nothing to play for in this regular season, but I think given the, I wouldn't say outright animosity because I don't think South Melbourne have had quite as much friction. Uh, with Avondale as perhaps other clubs have in the past. But I do think there is definitely a tension there. We saw that definitely come to the fore in the Mm. amazing comeback that South Melbourne pulled off against Avondale earlier this season. I think that there will be a real drive, uh, justified or not, from South Melbourne Mm -hmm. to try and stop Avondale making it into the finals. If for no other reason, discarding all the sort of um, other stuff that I've you know alluded to there, if for no other reason than the fact that Avondale have got the quality when it's on the park this season um, that could win from a, from a fifth or a sixth or something like that. So that should be motivation, I think, for them enough to, to win that game. But look, as for Dandenong City, I do think without wanting to oversimplify their relegation, like where did it all go wrong? I do think in in a way the delayed nature of the mid-season window this year that didn't really come until the back two-thirds of, you know, two-thirds of the way into the season, clearly the players they've brought in have actually made them a difference. I have made a difference, sorry. I think they've been a much more competitive outfit in this final stretch Mm. of games and we have seen them get more points over that time. But it just didn't happen soon enough. If they had a Tommy Semi from halfway through the year, uh, players like that, that could have really given them, I think, uh, a fighting chance. But, yeah, as you as you kind of said, yeah. Nick, I think it's four times this season that they've shipped five goals plus against Oakley, Heidelberg, South, I think. No, not South, sorry. I think maybe even Heidelberg twice. Didn't they? And Melbourne Knights, they can see yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne Knights on the say, opening yeah, yeah. day of the season. You compare that with, with Hume, who, yes, haven't got the results, but they have been, been competitive mm. in a lot of the games that they've lost this season. They've only shipped five goals uh, once, and that was against South Melbourne. You can't, you know, you competitive as you may be, you can't stay up. You know, if your points are close by with him, you can't stay up if you're having way more blowouts than them. And really, like I said, don't want to oversimplify it, but I think those two factors yeah. make it pretty open and shut. Interesting little subplot, I think, to keep an eye on this offseason is whether they keep Tommy Semi permanently. I, I, I want to see it. He did so well. Yep. I can't see it happening, though, because I think Altona, but he, I think Altona <laughs> will look at that and say, well, we've got it. We've, he's, on, he's only on loan. I very much like He's been really... Can't stress it's enough how good yeah. he, without always finding the back of the net every game, he has been so good for Dandenong City. Mm. I wouldn't be shocked to see Altona go, eh, I wouldn't mind. I think, honestly, if, mind if you Dandenong back. City can get I also his... don't know if Tommy Semi would want to play NPL too. But, but then again, though, thing. but I mean, if he's not, if it's not working for him at Altona, he's enjoyed his stay at Dandenong City and they've got aspirations to go straight back up. Maybe he goes, goes down to NPL too with them. I mean, there are some big name strikers That's true. who have gone down to NPL two this season and have had really good seasons and have, you know, put themselves in a position either to help their team get promoted or put themselves in the shop window for next season to potentially make that move back to NPL one. I mean, there's so many of them, but, I think Tommy Semi is certainly a name they should be looking at and a signature they should be looking to make, well, get on the... Mm. It'll be make, an interesting make one permit. to keep track of. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. But let's move on uh, to the second of the games. We did hint at it before, and it is Oakley versus St. Albans. And Oakley's poor run of form continues, Lockie. A 2-1 defeat against St. Albans. Not the sort of form they want to be taking into the end of the season, which as a result... They have now lost their position inside the top two. Port Melbourne have jumped them as a result of beating mm. Bentley. 
But they took the lead through Pantasopoulos inside the opening 15 minutes. A lovely goal from Anthony Pantasopoulos just quietly. Thank God it was Before good. a equaliser through guy and then Temelkovsky with literally the last kick of the game. What is it about the yeah. last kick I of mean, the game this I, week? What but, a, James Temelkovsky, I think he's played six games since coming in mid-season. Or, well, I say mid-season, but technically it's called the mid-season window. Yep. First goal uh, for St. Albans. For St. Albans. So what a time to get – what yeah. a time and what a way to get your first goal. Um, Because that – that broke a nine-game winless run yeah. for St Albans, a stretch over which they've scored just four goals, and they got their la- first home win since, can you guess how long it's been? May 28. Further back. April. Round two. So in February. Round two against Dandenong City. February. Yeah, in Feb. Wow. A 2-1 win over Dandenong City in round two. And that Six time they scored a 90th minute, uh, 93rd minute winner as well. It was Chris Dibb yeah. on that day. This time it was James Tamilkovsky. And look, I, I spoke to spoke to Chris Chris Taylor on, on Sunday after the game. And I think I think he would probably well, he he's basically said that yes, you know. St Albans, were they improved in the second half? Did they have a, a, a bit more even of the runnings in the second 45? Sure. But Oakley, inside the first 20 minutes of this game, had more than enough chances to, to put it to bed. Joe Knowles had a great a great few opportunities attacking that near post where Anthony Pantasopoulos did eventually find a gap. But honestly, when I did my time count when Anthony Pantasopoulos scored that goal, there had been so many high-quality chances and so many scares for the St. Albans defense that I thought, God, we must be, what, 25, 30 minutes through this game, maybe even longer. We must be, like, not far from halftime. It was 14 minutes into the game. Yeah. Genuinely, Anthony Pantazopoulos scored on the 14th minute, but they had, honestly, by the time he scored, the game could have been over. So I think Chris Taylor sort of lamented the fact that that finishing wasn't there. He said, I should have, in hindsight, should have thrown Panta forward because he was showing the rest of the uh, rest of the attackers how it's done. So, yeah, that profligacy really cost them. As it, he said, it has done a, a few times this season, which um, which I think was a, a fascinating, fascinating point to be made. But, yeah, look, uh, Oakley playing as many games as, as they are at the moment, we saw something similar, similar happen with Bentley mm. Greens, who are also going deep into into different cups, uh, have that shock loss against Altona. I think when you're playing so much football, especially when 365 days ago, you know, before that as well, we were playing barely any. Yeah. Injuries are going to rack up. Things are going to take their toll. Shock results are going to happen. And in the same way that it happened to Altona a few weeks ago, and they're suffering an injury, you know, a real uh, glut of injuries, I think Oakley, uh, uh, you know, experiencing... Similar. I think if Oakley, though, I think despite this poor form, poor run of form and all the injuries they're having right now, I still think that if they can get their cavalry back in time for finals, they are still a team you don't want to be coming mm. across in that semi because right now... Well, absolutely. And also the first, like, despite the absentees, the first 11 is still really good. Yeah, it's just they're, they're wrecked. They're exhausted. Yeah. They're, they're, they're spent. I mean, really, the yes, they are, but they are, like, they've still got that quality to mm. win... Any game against any side it's, on on any day, you know, in a one off yeah, match. It's 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 funny because I remember when we spoke to Wade Decker, especially because they might get a break yeah, as well we, if they can get into second. We we spoke to Wade Decker um, right at the start when we started doing this podcast, um, and Wade said that basically he was like, I remember he said he, I asked him something along the lines of, you know, are you guys ready for this tough stretch that's coming up? You know, do you how do you guys feel going into it? He goes, we're feeling good, but maybe ask us in a couple of weeks and we're probably mm. going to have a very, very different answer. 
I'm very curious to hear how the Oakley players are feeling. Like, they've got a home game tomorrow, obviously, against Brisbane City in the Australia Cup. You have to wonder, right now at this stage of the season, I mean, the quarterfinals will be the first week of finals, potentially, or they'll play midweek um, after that. I think that, you know, potentially they're scheduling. Say they win tomorrow, it would it would mean that they probably might not have – they might – with the, the way FA schedule, they might not have to play on that weekend. Mm. But – you have to wonder, like, what are you prioritizing right now? A deep run in the cup or a chance at winning the championship? Because they can still snatch top two. I mean, they've got a, a must-win game this weekend. It, it's as much as it is big with the Australia Cup. I mean, you want to be putting your best foot forward in the domestic competition where I think it is their best chance to get some more silverware. Um, playing Hume City this week, they need Melbourne Knights to do them a favor against Port Melbourne. It's going to be an interesting one nonetheless. But for St. Albans, on the other hand, Lockie, just quickly, mm. um, they finish off their season in what is the dead rubber of all dead rubbers? It's the ultimate yeah, dead rubber. Yeah, against Altona at Paisley Park. Like, it, that is really the, um, yeah, it is the ultimate dead rubber. It's as dead rubber as you can get it. It's it's very much just, yeah. Uh, there's no other way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and these are two, ta- two teams. No disrespect have, to the two teams. Who but, have really yeah. sort of crawled through the back end mm. of this season. They're, they're probably you know, would have the worst form lines of just about any team with the exception of, you know, obviously the Eastern Lions. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't even... Uh, I, yeah, I I think they will both just be secretly hoping. Um, yes, you want to end the season on a high note, but, yeah, probably secretly hoping just to like a... Let's just get us... Get us... Let's just... Let the, let the 90 minutes slip by and we can put a line through this season, uh, regroup for next year. Yes, yeah, St. Albans, I'm fascinated. I know that their budget is is quite, well, I understand at least, their budget is quite tight. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where they strengthen mm. in the off-season because I think a lack of what's really hampered them. Because the defence, while, uh, you know, enthusiastic and sometimes prone to, to missteps, um, you know, Nikola Jokovic holding the record, the single-season record, taking it out this year for most yellow cards mm. in a season with 14, Breaking his own previous record from uh, from twenty seventeen and twenty sixteen, it is up to fifteen, as you said. Um, there's a, there's a solid defence there yeah. on, on its day. The midfield is Xander Guy has had a really good debut season. Uh, I think in Victoria, I think an attacking midfield presence is is really something that's that slipped them by. Someone who can supply xander guy a little bit better their wide players a little bit better the link up has just been a bit um bereft at times this season and xander guy has looked quite isolated so fascinated to see if that's something that they've picked out as well they might think differently to me i don't know i might mm. not know what i'm talking about but yeah i'm interested to see how they strengthen in the off season yeah altona will be curious as well mm. all right let's uh let's keep rolling Lockie, while the uh this this uh we're, we're continuing this uh, nice little roll that we're on right now before we get to Josh Parrish a little bit later. Uh, Bentley Greens nil, Port Melbourne won at Kingston Heath. Um, talking about teams that have been you know pillaged in terms of injuries and in terms of fixtures piling up, Bentley is another one of those teams. Uh, drop points at home. Uh, disappointing, I think, for Bentley that you know they weren't able to. I guess that they, they they probably are at this stage of the season as well, just hoping to get into finals right now because I think once they're in there, they can do a lot of damage. But nonetheless, they drop points. It's a massive win for Port Melbourne, who continue to be the team that are just sliding under the radar and quietly becoming the team. Lockie, we spoke about it. They're quietly becoming the team no one wants to play in finals. And 
They're right now into second. And as a result, Bentley, the other hand, are hanging on by a thread. Can you hear that, Nick? It's very faint. Mm. Podcast listeners might be able to hear it as well. If you just turn your volume up. You know what it is, Nick? What? It's the clip-clop of the dark horse. Port Melbourne are galloping their way into the finals and they are absolutely the team that no one has given enough respect to this season. I genuinely think that they could could be the threat. They could win. As you said, they the team that no one wants to face because I genuinely believe that they could go all the way. It would be a I was, sh- it, would, I, it would be a shock it'd be as a biggest shock I think if they won in terms of just an amazing story for a team that's really come from nowhere to win it Port Melbourne that would be incredible no disrespect to them but the whole story surrounding it would be amazing lucky I mean the last just going through quickly through the season guide they haven't played fine they've only played finals I think once since they've gotten into the MPO in 2018 and they've never won a final and right now they're in a position where they could win the whole bloody thing. It's amazing. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I think the one thing that's really going for them is you, you think about all the other teams that are going to make finals, and I feel like there's with every single one of them there's like a, a lingering concern there in some way, shape, or form of like varying levels of severity. So humor me here. We'll go. We'll go through the table. South Melbourne, obviously, yes, premiers. But there's that Harrison Sawyer problem to work through and not every side is going to be Dandenong City, especially not in the finals, especially not in the finals. Oakley, carrying a lot of injuries, have played a lot of games. Green Gully, again, have played a lot of games. Looked really tired in that catch-up game they played against the Knights. I'm going to be interested to see how they go against Eastern Lions on Thursday night. Avondale. Carrying injuries, playing Australia Cup games. Bentley Greens, carrying a lot of injuries, have come off the back of Australia Cup games. Heidelberg have looked quite tired. They've lost back-to-back games since their, Smashed. Their, since their game against Brisbane. They've been second best in both of those games. Every club who is a chance to make finals has got some sort of big problem they're contending with. Port Melbourne are firing fit. This is the same team... Pretty much the same squad they've kept all through the way. They didn't bring anyone in mid-season. They haven't had any major injuries as far as I can tell. This squad is solid. This squad knows exactly what it's doing under Adam Pittick. And they have got ticker. They have got so much ticker because their front press against teams is its really, really strong. I, I must say, uh, against Avondale and Bentley Greens, uh, yes, as I said, sides that are dealing with their own issues at the moment um, have played a lot of football, while, while Port haven't. Um, they have run them ragged, run them absolutely ragged. Yeah. And yes, Port only won 1-0 on the day, but they had enough chances, again, inside the opening 20 minutes to put this game to bed. Really, really good game, high-quality football. But Bentley, yes, they survived the opening press. But the thing was, Bentley were in the game, but when they needed to find that sort of next gear, that next level, they just didn't necessarily have it in the tank and they didn't necessarily have the cattle off the pine they could do it. They had Yaga Mustafa, yeah. but the rest of the bench was pretty much all youth players. Port Melbourne have none of the concerns that the other teams do, and they've gotten solid results against most of these sides. Most, if not all of these sides this year. They've beaten Avondale, they've beaten Bentley, pretty sure they've beaten Green Gully, they've beaten Oakley, and they've beaten South.
I'm just saying that. that if you're just wondering, that is the sound. Anyway, of, that is of my Jaws. that, that is, is my Sharky's manifesto. That is the that is the the Jaws music that is looming ominously. Our producer Pakua has her head in hands yes, right now. The, after that, I'm telling you, the the Sharkies are coming right now, and they are well. Just having a look, Lockie. The last champ, last bit of silverware they won was in 2010 when they won the State League Two Northwest Championship. They've twice won the VPL in '95 and 2001, but been a long time between drinks for some silverware. Sorry, Nick. Quick correction. Oakley, the only side in the top six that Port have not beaten this year. Well, right now, Lockie, it doesn't matter if who's second or third. If that, if Oakley win that first final or Port Melbourne win that first final and Oakley finish second, they will meet in a semi. Second versus third. And mm. God, that would be a, a very intriguing game in a one-off game. Mm. It would be a very, very intriguing game. But nonetheless, Port Melbourne getting the job done um, obviously taking on Melbourne Knights at home this weekend. A win will wrap up second place. While Bentley, as you mentioned, have to go to Dandy City. Not an easy game. A loss and they can still... It would take something incredible. But a loss and they could still play finals. A draw won't be enough. But a win. And barring Heidelberg... Don't win by more than six goals plus their margin that they win against. It is against the Eastern, Eastern Lions. Lions. That's what I mean. There is a disclaimer to this. So you're telling me there is a there's chance. a chance. Um, so Bentley, nonetheless, they basically have to win. They win and they're, they're basically in. Um, they can still finish as high as fourth. So depending on what happens with Green Gully's catch-up game against said Eastern Lions on Thursday night. But uh, nonetheless, they have to win. It is quite simple. They must win Lockie. Um, still waiting on Josh, so we'll come back to the Heidelberg Avondale yeah. game. In I mean, just a it, second. if Bentley are able to get any of their players back, though, like I, I see no, yeah. I see no again, see no reason. Like I think this is going to be an absolutely brilliant, brilliant oh, final absolutely. series. Yes, South Melbourne have clearly over the regular season been firing away the best side, but I genuinely think you could make mount a strong argument, injuries notwithstanding for every team that are currently in the six being yeah. capable of winning the the championship from the position which they're currently in. Before we get to Josh Lockie, let's quickly rush through race through the Friday night game on on uh between Melbourne Knights and Altona. A one one draw there at Knights Stadium. Mentioned a bit of the dead rubber. But nonetheless, a bit to take out for Altona. Four points for their last uh from their last two games after a bit of a, a poor run. So they're locked in for another year in the top tier, while Melbourne Knights, I mean, it's another point for them after what's been a bit of a tough season, but ending the season on an okay note, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I think they would have much preferred to have come away from this game with a win. They certainly, I think, were, were pretty strong across the the 90. They created, I think, more goal-scoring chances than their opponents in Altona. But look, Altona had a really nice moment of attacking quality, particularly in that second half. I mean, the the goal, the equaliser uh, for, for Robert Harding, which was just 10 minutes later, Mohamed Sumayori scores, which, by the way, breaks a record that has stood all season until this point uh, in which every game so far or prior to this evening that Mohamed Sumayori had scored in for the Knights, Melbourne Knights had won. Wow. So this is the first game in w- this season in which Sumayori has scored and... Melbourne Knights have not gone on still to win. Technically still undefeated. undefeated when he scores, so that is still a boon. But that winning run finally came to an end. But what a ball that was in from uh, from James Exidius for for Robert Harding. And look, were Altona the better side on the night on the balance of play? No, but 
look, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but Melbourne Knights have been here before. They've had plenty of games where they've been competitive. They've maybe been the better side, but they haven't been able to make it count. And I think there would have been some Knights fans uh, in sunshine on Friday night for the last home game of the season and being like, Yep, it's the last home game of the season, but it looks exactly like the first home game of the season. Yep, absolutely. As we mentioned, Melbourne Knights on the road this week against uh, Port Melbourne, so they can still shape things a little bit while for Altona, the dead rubber of dead rubber. Another team who I will be intently, probably probably we're reaching like notifications turned on territory for Melbourne Knights' transfer activity. I am very curious because they they have to do something this offseason. Also, who's going to coach them next year? That's the other subplot to all this. Hmm. I actually think we're, we're about to speak to a man who actually has a pretty pretty interesting theory about this. I'm not sure whether it's for broadcast, but yeah, we have spoken but, about hey, it. That's that, that's all right. That's all right. Whether whether he wants to or not, that's up to him. If not, keep his sources and his secrets close to his chest. That's fine. That's fine. We can chat to him about it later. But nonetheless, uh, time for game of the round here uh, on the MPL Victoria Pod. Josh Parrish has joined us to go through Heidelberg versus Avondale. Josh. You were on board down at Olympic Village on a it was a bit of a, a blustery, cold day. It was Olympic definitely Village. a blustery day. It was not a. It, w- it wasn't the nicest of days um, to be out and about, but nonetheless, an entertaining contest. And Avondale, one hell of a statement. Yeah, it was a windy day, gents. Uh, evening, guys. Um, yeah, my uh, my bucket of chips went flying a couple of times in the pre-match. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Oh, so. Uh, but you know, we we brave the conditions. We continue. We uh, we turn the effects <laughs> mic down, and we and we struggle <laughs> onwards. And uh, the game more than uh, made up for the weather because Avondale just put on a finishing clinic in the first half and cut through Heidelberg in transition. Heidelberg had plenty of the ball, had lots of set pieces and and butchered chances of their own. But Avondale four shots, three goals in the first half, and some really well constructed moves. Um, and Heidelberg just had no answer for their pace up top. They made a significant change by dropping Liam Boland into more of a number 10 role uh, with Yite Towns and Christian Trajewski playing as the two deeper midfielders in more of a 4-2-3-1. Uh, and Yusuf Ahmed played as an out-and-out striker. And I think you know that was a, a big change from Avondale and a new lease of life that Yusuf Ahmed needed after struggling this season. And, you know, he was running beyond the last line of defense, timing his runs really well. And and Boland and Trajewski were picking him out with balls over the top or through the lines every single time. Um, so Heidelberg really had no answer for for the pace and the precision of those counterattacks. And and Avondale really made the most of their their chances in the first half and, and made it very difficult for Heidelberg to come back into the game. It's, it's a really fascinating change. I think we, we might have spoken about it on the podcast before, or maybe it's a conversation I had with, with Joey Lynch while watching uh, the Port Melbourne game about the the prospect of, of, of Liam Boland maybe dropping into a, a midfield role. The, the thing is, a lot of the time when he's playing striker, he drops so deep mm. anyway in an effort to facilitate movement ahead of the the ball that sometimes that you know he drops so deep that that's, there's no one actually to get the pass through to when he does receive. So almost in, in a way, having two of him would be good. But I notice also... That, uh, that Stefan Valentini returned to the starting 11 for what would have been certainly the, the first time in quite some time. Steph Zinni was back on the bench. Are those reinforcements sort of returning to Avondale at the right time? Are we seeing a bit more of the, the Avondale of old as we head towards finals, even though finals not quite guaranteed for them just yet? Uh, it's funny, uh, just to dwell on the Boland thing for a second, uh, his favourite player is Harry Kane, and he's a mad Tottenham <laughs> Hotspur supporter. Mm, so mm. seeing him 
uh, have a similar career trajectory to Harry Kane, at least in a tactical sense, is actually very interesting because I think he continues to model his game off his favorite player. Um, and, uh, you know, as as we all try to. Uh, but Liam Bolling's Some with really more success it. than others. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, in terms of the uh, players returning from injury, uh, Stefan Valentini got through 70 minutes. Um, mm. He looked completely exhausted after the game. I spoke to him briefly. He said it was his first start in nearly three months. Um, mm. he, he's had very inconsistent football this season, has tried to come back, has re-injured things. Um, but yeah, he was. it was. It did him so good uh, to get through 70 minutes. Uh, I think we'll see a sharper Valentini for the rest of the campaign after that. Uh, I wouldn't say he looked like the Valentini of old just yet. He looked a bit rusty, but there were still some real moments of quality. Uh, in terms of Zinni, a really disappointing one for him because uh, he actually was withdrawn um, uh, from the the bench because he he injured his hamstring again in the warm-up. So he suffered a <sighs> setback. So he's unlikely, uh, I think, at this stage to play against mm. uh, against Brisbane Raw tomorrow night, and we'll have to wait and see for the, for the weekend uh, against South Melbourne. But, uh, yeah, unfortunate for, uh, for Zinni. Uh, he declared himself fit and really wanted to play in these important games. And then, you know, obviously it, was, it ended up being too soon for him. Um, so, but but they do have a lot of players coming back into the into contention. I mean, Matt Reed was still suspended. They played Phil Riccobene at centre-back and he hasn't played a lot of football this season, but it really demonstrated a lot of leadership. Um, Kalulu Kamara actually won um, player of the match on Avondale's socials and was... Uh, dogged in his in his marking attempts on uh, on Kane Shepherd, I thought he did a really really good job, and that's the role he's being uh, lined up for against Charlie Austin tomorrow night. So uh, he'll have to be at that same level. Um, but yeah, Avondale starting to get uh, their first choice players back, and you can see the difference. And as uh, Zara Markovsky said to me after the game, it took them you know twenty three weeks to find some decent football, but they've suddenly found it. Well, that's the beauty of finals. Yeah. You, you can take 24 rounds as long as you do enough to get in the Absolutely. six. Hey, that's all Once you you're in, you're in. You've got to buy a <laughs> ticket to win the raffle at the end of the day. But Josh, one team who might not have a ticket to the raffle is Heidelberg. It seems like they've hit a bit of a wall after the slow start, the the big run in the middle where it looked like they were the team that no one potentially wanted to play in the finals. But the last two weeks, two devastating losses at home against finals contenders, a good chance for them to solidify themselves inside the six. Um, what did you take out of that? Because I mean, defensively, they looked all over the shop. Yeah, the defensive side of things was the biggest issue. And George Katsakis attempted to make a pretty radical change and move to a back three in the second half. And I can't say it paid off. Even though it was 1-1 on the scoreboard in the second half, Avondale butchered that many counter-attacking opportunities where they were had four on three, sometimes four on two opportunities. They got a bit sloppy towards the end. And... If things had gone poorly for Heidelberg and Avondale had been a bit more clinical, as clinical in the second half as they were in the first, it could have been seven or eight one. Um, mm. You know, it really could have been really, really ugly for Heidelberg. Uh, they had, they did not have the rub of the green. Let's say um, Adrian Zara forced off with an injury. Um, they they lost Joey Franich as well, so forced to replace your entire midfield in the first half. Less than ideal, and then Sean Ellis. Um, it got need need in the face by the uh, Avondale goalkeeper Tom Yonkerman, um, and yeah, it didn't didn't look right. They substitute him immediately after sort of the concussion checks and so forth. So hopefully he's okay, but they might have been being cautious because the result was sort of beyond doubt by that point. Um, but yeah, they, they they lost some players, but they they do seem to be running out of steam a bit here. And it wasn't if, as if they didn't have their chances. Uh, Kane Shepard had a free header from six yards in the first half. There were 
uh, set pieces, they were very, very threatening. The delivery was really good. Um, honestly, Milan Roberts could have had a hat trick. He he, <laughs> he butchered two, at least two guilt edge chances, one of which sort of fell to him about eight yards out after a goalmouth scramble, and one of which was a free header at the back post um, with the goal gaping, I guess, because the, the keeper had come and not collected. So, um, yeah, Heidelberg uh, looked very, very dangerous, especially off those set-piece situations, but defensively they were completely at sea. I guess the reprieve for them and in, in some ways also the danger for Avondale, Heidelberg's final fixture of the season is against the Eastern Lions at Gardner's Creek Reserve. Obviously a relegated Eastern Lions, but an Eastern Lions who has taken points off Heidelberg earlier this year. Uh, Bentley Green's coming up against Dandenong City, but Avondale playing against a South Melbourne. Now, a South Melbourne side who, technically speaking, have nothing to play for. But when Nick and I were talking before, Josh, I feel like there's still going to be a pretty keen focus from South on uh, trying to do their best to get Avondale knocked out of finals contention. Do you do you see Avondale being up to the task with the Australia Cup games in mind of getting the result on the final day against South? It would be a, a pretty Herculean effort if uh, if they did. Well, the, the minds are willing. The confidence is high. It depends if they've got the bodies. Seriously, mm-hmm. it's 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 just a physical limitation at this point. Um, you know, they were in great spirits, as you would imagine, after the win against Heidelberg, and they seem to have really clicked and found their confidence. Um, it's just a question of whether they can back up after the Australia Cup game. Um, and honestly, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough going against South. Maybe South uh, will slow the game down a little bit the way they play. Um, that could potentially give out Avondale a bit of a breather if it's not an end-to-end kind of open game. It's going to be a little bit more cagey. Uh, but then again, you know, South have some bruising bodies in that team and um, and Avondale, you know, the one criticism you would have from the weekend is that they were pretty shoddy defensively offset pieces and South Melbourne are the team that mm. thrives on set-piece situations with Max Mikkel's long throws in the corners, like they're lethal in the, in the, in those situations. So I could see Avondale copping goals uh, mm. if they don't tighten up um, defensively from corners and those throw-ins. Hey, Josh, before we let you go, it'd be rude for us not to ask about Preston because, I mean, they're, they're, the championship, I mean, they're one point away from wrapping it up this weekend, a big win against Ballarat City in the final home game this weekend. There's a good vibe around the place at the moment, closing in on promotion and all the the excitement around the potential national second division, I guess. Take us through the last couple of weeks, particularly last week as well. Last uh, game at home, getting that bit of a boost on Melbourne City as well. Um, But it's coming a bit of a blow, though, coming a bit of a cost. The key man out for this weekend. Yeah, it remains to be seen whether whether Connor Bell can back up after he he copped a, a knee to the hip and had to be taken off. After two goals, he was destined for a hat trick. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how he, he how he pulls up. Um, but in terms of um, you know the title race, it was an emphatic win over Ballarat. They did cop the first goal after four minutes, and everyone was kind of stunned, but they kept calm um, and they they showed off their depth as well. They were missing a couple of midfielders, but Rob Nowoski came in and laid on four assists, which is just a superb <laughs> performance from a guy who's been sitting on the bench for most of the year uh, and has had some troubles with with injuries and and fitness of his own. So. Um, you know that that just demonstrates the depth of quality in the in the Preston team, and obviously they were glued to the Melbourne City result beforehand, and were hoping that Box Hill could hang on for the two one win. And if they had, uh, you know, Preston would have wrapped up the the title on the weekend. But City 
um, you know, showed that that fighting spirit and came back and got an equaliser. So that means that a draw for Preston will do against Box Hill. But it's a team that they've already lost to this year. Uh, and it's a team that's playing on a pitch that we hear is not in good condition. And yeah. they've also taken points off every other top team in MPL 3 this year. So they, they've played spoilers so, so many times. So it's a, it's a potential banana skin. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, Preston... Uh, are going there to win. Uh, Lou Atsevsky told me at, uh, after the game, he's never coached for a draw in his entire career and he's not about to start. So, you know, they're not going to change their approach. They're just going to try and keep doing the same things that have led them to win 10 in a row. Uh, but Box Hill are a stern test. And, uh, you know, Melbourne City playing against Springvale White Eagles, um, you'd expect them to win. Although Springvale, of course, fighting for their their lives in the division and fighting against relegation. Well, other question I wanted to ask you, Josh, about the the final day of the NPL three is I, I see that none awarding remain a, a mathematical, what very much a mathematical chance of getting into that final promotion relegation playoff spot in fourth victory, of course, wrapped theirs up in third over the weekend, but three points separating Western United and none awarding uh, Western United with just a three advantage in, in yeah. goal difference. They played Geelong uh, on Saturday afternoon, while none awarding play a victory side who, as I mentioned, have already been promoted. Do you see the the status quo, the present standing of the table remaining and, and, and Western doing enough to get a win over Geelong uh, and making any potential none awarding upset uh, irrelevant? Geelong have been a different team in the second half of the season. Mm. Um, when I saw them in round three and, and Preston rolled them very easily, I thought this team's getting relegated. Um, but it hasn't been the case um, they, they found a sterner, sterner edge, a sterner resolve. Um, of course, they they did lose um, against Melbourne Victory last week, but uh, I can see them putting in a shift against Western United and making it difficult for them. Uh, they're 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 a tough team and they're tough defensively. Uh, not a wanting completely different side, very expansive. Of course, that's their club philosophy. Uh, up against a victory team that doesn't have too much to play for, I could definitely see none, see none of wanting winning that game and uh, with. Uh, uh, AJ McPhee level with Connor Bell on top of the golden boot standings. They're going to be trying to feed their star striker as well. It's, uh, uh, he's, he's in great form and uh, one of the real underrated players in, in Victorian football, I think. Um, yeah, I, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, of course, you look at the goal difference and so forth, and, and Western United does have a better goal difference, but you know, enough of a swing, three goals either way. It could happen. I'm not mm. ruling it out. Mm. See, I'm very conflicted about that golden boot race because I really like Connor Bell. He's a he's a very <laughs> he's a very nice man. Uh, always a Nick yeah, Williams spoke as well. Really nice guy. However, uh, McPhee is is a Scotsman, so <laughs> the loyalties are somewhat divided there. I've never met him, but he is Scottish, so he's he's basically my family. Uh, no, I, I think of course, I, famously, <laughs> Lockie, famously, you tried to rob Connor Bell of one of his goals on a Preston yeah, broadcast. Which, look, so I have, think you're actively working against him. No, no, we have buried the hatchet. We've had conversations <laughs> in in public, in private, and in mediation, and it's all been worked out. Uh, the only other, the final question for you, Josh, uh, down the foot of the table, uh, as you sort of alluded to before, uh, Springvale still fighting for their survival. They're faced with a very much an uphill battle to do that against uh, a Melbourne City side who uh, have got something of their own to play for. Uh, but it would also be contingent on Ballarat City getting an upset over North Sunshine Eagles. Is there a more likely candidate in your view to uh, be heading down to State League One, all things told? I think Ballarat have a chance. Mm. Um, you know, North Sunshine, nothing to play for. Ballarat, 
uh, are much better at home, of course. And, mm. you know, sides who have to travel the, the long trip to Ballarat uh, don't tend to fare as well. Oh, what a trip um, it is, though. Going 110? Yeah. Oh, so good. Sensational. Versus, versus Springvale, who are playing against Melbourne City, who need to win to keep their, their title hopes alive. I think Ballarat can stay up. I mm. really do. I, th- I think they can turn that around. Well, it's going to be a curious watch. It's going to be very exciting on Saturday and, and on Sunday with all that's going on. And Josh, again, we spoke about at the start of the show. Congratulations again for tomorrow night. Really looking forward. Uh, well, I'll say to Lockie, the only bummer is you're both on at the same time. So, like, if there was a way that you could have one earphone on, on one and one earphone on the other, then that would be great. But uh, we're going to have to do the split screen if I uh, can't get to one of the games. But, Josh, again, congratulations. Very well deserved. Can't wait to hear you on the call as well tomorrow night. And uh, any plug, I guess, for everyone at home, where can we listen to you tomorrow night? Yeah, live on 10 Play from uh, from 7.25 p.m. I'll be with Archie Thompson. Can't wait to commentate alongside a guy I, I grew up supporting. It's a, it's a bit of a dream for me, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, Avondale, if they if they show the kind of counter-attacking verve that they did against Heidelberg, they can give Brisbane Raw some problems. Never so, know. Uh, you know, and potential rub, rubbing my hands for a potential the cup cu- set. The yes. cup setometer is just... Ticking away (laughs) off in in some laboratory. Uh, My cheap plug, though, uh, don't listen to Josh. Listen to me and Harps instead. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you very much for joining us, Josh. the best man win. Absolutely. (laughs) Ratings war. It's like like Anchorman. It's like the fight in the car park. You guys are going to meet like at FV headquarters (laughs) and meet in the car park, and it's going to be every commentator. Uh, I could never lay a glove on Josh. He knows. Anyways. Uh, Josh, again, Uh, thank you. Well, you you know, in all seriousness, the first thing I'm going to be doing on the final whistle is uh, is going going back and listening to Lockie's Well, you might not have to because Lockie could still be going. I mean, he predict. I mean, there's Terry Pellitzeri predicted a four-all draw on TNC on Sunday at Oakley Brisbane City. So if your game ends in ninety, Lockie will still be going. Josh, I look it forward to you. It does have the makings of one of those bonkers NPL versus NPL <laughs> games. It does. I just I've got a feeling too, Lockie. I think you might have a have a a bit it's of a thriller. Lockie, it sounds like you want like a boring one. Now. No, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> I, I hope you guys are. I hope you guys are right. Anyways, Josh, thank you so much. Again, uh, we'll chat to you again very soon. Thanks, gents. Josh Parrish, obviously, FNR alum. Catch him on the lines then as well on Thursday here on FNR, obviously looking ahead to that big championship game. Lockie, um, let's go into just quickly. I think we've basically done our MPL one wrap. Um, quickly, prediction for Thursday night. I mean, before we get to obviously our predictions for Sunday, oh God, but the, Thursday, we have the catch-up game, game which play. still has so much like riding on it for Green Gully. <sighs> they just need to get a point. Um, for me, I'm going Green Gully 2-0. You just think, surely, surely they have to win. Like, I think so. They need three. Oh, we forgot about one game. Uh-oh. Hume City Dandy Dong, but finish off your prediction oh and my God. go back. Uh, and it was <laughs> such an important game as well. Oh, oh, I can't believe that. Um, for shame, for shame. Um, a green Gully are going to win, yeah. but it just, they they were so tired against Knights, and Knights are a different kettle of fish. Do you think like Knights. enough rest? Oh, actually, they played Sunday. In they Australia need Cup. three more points. That if they win, one more point guaranteed. To wrap up finals. Yes, one more point to wrap but up finals. Six points basically wraps up a, a home final. Yeah. So, uh, look, they'll do it. They'll do it. They will okay. do enough to get the result. Let's go back to Saturday night. Sorry to Hume City fans out there. Not so... I mean, Danny Long Thunder fans probably don't want to hear about it. But anyways, Hume City are safe for another season. Urson Gullum's first game in charge results in a comfort behind win. 
It looked like Dandenong Thunder's finals hopes were going to stay alive when they took the lead through Braden Mann. Um, again, the build-up, as, as Craig Fowler said, there were some lovely feet in the build-up that got the ball in towards Braden Mann. But in the end, two goals coming right at the end for Hume City. Goals coming from Sammy Forty's first goal of the season. Mm. Then Mark Ochiang, a superb solo effort oh, yeah. going all the way up and scoring a brilliant goal to win the game with only minutes to go. So as a result, Hume are basically safe. Dandy Thunder, well, it's a mid-table finish for them. It's a perfectly balanced season. 10 wins, 5 draws, 10 losses, 34 goals scored, 34 goals conceded. So I know that's probably going to change unless they draw. Well, for the perfect balance, they have to draw, and then we'll have a perfectly balanced season. But nonetheless, um, it is unfortunate for Dandy Thunder, but parity for Hume City that at least for next season, they're going to be in the top two. It is, but I think at the end of the day, like these... As much as this podcast in particular has probably pushed the, you know, Thunder can still... Okay, me, yes, I'll admit. Uh, Thunder can still play finals propaganda. And I do think they're a good side. Um, They would have known deep down that really the odds were very, very long compared to a Hume City side whose threat of relegation was, comparatively speaking, very, very real. But this was um, a, a really, really good game and... I'm delighted for, for Mark Ocheng, to be honest. He's chipped in with a, a lot of impressive and important goals for, for Hume over the stretch. I remember absolute banger he scored in the Australia mm. Cup last year, I think against Port, which helped them yes. on their way to the win and through to that game against Melbourne City where they eventually, um, eventually bowed out. But I do think that this is, a, is the just cause. Yeah. Or is the, is the just result, rather. I think Hume had so many games this season even throughout the manager changes. I mean, we haven't even talked about the manager change. It was yeah. surprising to see Goran Lozanowski head out, but a massively pleasing narrative for Ersan Gulam as well because mm. getting the win that keeps the side up, he had such a horrible uh, event occur to him yeah. earlier this season with the, the ACL injury that has pretty much forced his retirement from football into the coaching world. But great to see him get a positive result. And I think Hume have been competitive in so many games this year where they haven't got the result and are clearly better than what their results mm. were suggesting, particularly at the start of the season when everyone was so shocked to see them doing as poorly as they did. I think this is the universe working itself out and Hume can can regroup. And I'm glad because I Hume add a lot to the league. Yeah, I absolutely. Think. Well, they're, they're, they're a big club. Oh, yeah. They're a massive club and they're, they're too good to be where they are. I mean, they're, they're a finals contender. Yeah. Uh, it's disappointing that it's been a tough year for them, but nonetheless, they stay up. Dandy Thunder, I think, next year can hold can hold their head high going into next season. I think they've got a good little project building under David Chick. I mean, Thunder, you expect to strengthen. Hume, expect you to, expect So it's going to be even more intense next season. I mean, it could go to like, and you expect Melbourne Knights to. That's Melbourne teams. Knights could strengthen. That's 10 teams. Lockie, let's not think too much about 2023 just yet, all right? And you just think about the teams that are coming up I'm not going to lie. For many reasons, I think quite – many of them football-related, I think a lot about 2023. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be exciting. Uh, Dandy Thunder hosts Green Gully in the last game of the season. Obviously, they can still play spoiler to Green Gully and as well Hume City on the road against Oakley. So they just need to get a point to basically assure themselves, well, don't get smashed. Don't, don't, don't ship. That's all I can say. Uh, Lockie, let's quickly go down to MPL2. Um, <laughs> I'm still recovering from last Friday. Take us through it, Nick. 
I, I'm still recovering. Before we get to that, let's go through the other results because I will yeah, say okay. the best. Save for the last. best to last, yeah. Fair uh, enough. Northcote City one 0 winners on the road against Werribee takes them into fifth. They've jumped Bulleen on the ladder, which is quite incredible. Um, a win against Werribee. Werribee at the moment hanging on for dear life to basically stay in. They still want to do the chance. Basically, as a result, with a helping hand from Lang Warren, who came from a goal down, a bit of hail that helped along the way in that yeah, game. Yeah, well, can I... Stem the momentum. Yeah, just quickly. Can how, I t- how was talk that? about yeah. that game? Yeah, crazy, really. Um, because let's not forget, this was a really important game too. Lang Warren yeah. needed a win to guarantee their survival, their safety yeah. in the NPL 2. Brunswick City, also a team who are fighting for their survival level uh, in ladder positions, I think separated by... Well, not separated by anything at all in the NPL 2 table. Oh, going. no, no. They were two points clear, Lang Warren. At the 21 time? points because of yeah yeah twenty one points uh, on run yeah yes because of the the yes, thing because of the thing that the happened thing, to yes. Brunswick that we don't talk about oh we can talk about um, <laughs> the points deduction for those yeah. who don't remember or weren't listening to previous episodes uh, what were you doing uh, <laughs> 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 um, really 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 good game uh, but called off or players were called in after thirty minutes because as many people know the heavens opened. Hale was flying down. It was very funny because at the start of the game, I I, I brought a couple of friends to the game actually yes. to, to to support, um, you know, to support support football the to support yep. football. I yep. don't have allegiances. I'm a neutral observer, uh, and you, you could see off in the distance behind Dunstan Reserve <laughs> the clouds and the oh, lightning no. in the background. And my friend to my right kept going. I think those clouds are passing us. Oh, oh, and then me oh, oh. and the friend on the left is like, I don't think it's going to rain. I think it's fine. I think it's just thunder and lightning, no actual downpour. And then I'm sitting here in the middle like, it's definitely getting darker. The clouds are definitely getting closer. I definitely saw a very... And then we were like, oh, those raindrops are really large. And then one donked me on the head and I was like, oh, no, that is definitely not a drop of rain. That is, in fact, hail. Uh, but anyway, all the players were called in. <laughs> After 30 minutes, confusion was happening. Every, there's not a huge club room area at Brunswick. So everyone was huddled under what is a pretty small club rooms area. Uh, Brunswick didn't know what to do. They just started pumping like dance music over the speakers while people were like, referees, where's the game? Eventually brought it back out. They played the rest of the second half, um, mainly to test the pitch because the pitch had mm. taken on so much water. They were like, we'll play 13. We'll play the final 13 minutes of the first half. If the pitch is all good, we'll play the second. If not, we'll call it in. Brunswick scored in that period. They had a number of good chances to actually win the game outright. Halftime happened. Because of all the delay, because of the setting sun, they didn't want to call the players back in and do a full halftime. So they did like an AFL-style three-quarter time time. break. The premiership (laughs) quarter as players just huddled up either side of the halfway line for like a five-minute mini break, then played the second 45. Brunswick started the strongest, but they they didn't... They had a shot off the post for us and long. Okay, that's enough now. That's enough now. Um, I was also marching around offering people uh, to get their NPL record. No one was interested, but I tried. NPL record, $4. <laughs> get your, get your yeah, NPL did, didn't record. Do, didn't do great trade in the, uh, in the hail, unfortunately. But, yeah, uh, Brunswick, again, started the second half of this game really, really strongly. They had a shot off the post from Austin Wong, a one-on-one that could have killed the game. And then after that... They flagged. They flagged. Lang Warren had the ticker. Lang Warren had the legs through to the full 90. And while they probably weren't the best throughout the 90, they had a real rally in the 30 minutes. They put on all manner of chances on goal that they should have scored. Uh, Tom Young's got one. And then right at the death, he he grabbed a second. He could have had more. And yeah, 
it's a tough one for Brunswick. They could have had the game to bed before that 30-minute period, but Lange is safe for another safe season. Safe for another in the, year. In the NPL too. And again, I, I hate to repeat myself, but another team who it'll be a fascinating off-season yeah, for. absolutely. Well, just running through the rest of the results, uh, Kingston won, Golden Valley Suns won, takes Kingston one point closer that to safety, such, but barely. That is is such that is a very bad a criminal result dropping of points yeah. at home. I know their record at home has been terrible this but season. But still, against GV you can't, Suns. You can't. Absolutely. No. Don't disrespect the GV Suns who could still stay up, but I mean, they went behind Kingston. They actually put one back through Sakizada, and in the end, Weren't able to scrape out a winner, but they go into the final day only a point clear. Mm. Um, Manningham won Brunswick Juventus 2. Oh. Keeps the. I tell you what, we need that promotion race to stay open because it just creates as much drama as possible. It does. It was looking like Manningham were going to win, Lockie. Yeah. They were up 1-0 at Petty's Reserve. Uh, honestly, immense credit to Brunswick Juventus yeah. because Manningham are, if nothing else, a hard Absolutely. team to beat. To come back from 1-0 down against them, to turn yeah. it around... Especially because Manningham, I think, beat them earlier this year or at least snatched a point at yep. CB Smith. Well, um, massive result for them. Well, the goal came from Nick Volgaris, which opened the scoring before Brewis and Peter Sawan, their mid-season signing, scored the winner. Obviously, Gianfranco uh, uh, Palazzari back on the sideline after suspension. A win for Brunswick, keeps them in it. Uh, North Geelong 3, Boleyn Lions nil. We're going to have Anthony Bunnelvats on the show today to take us through it um, from North Geelong, but unfortunately uh, we've had to postpone that chat for another week. Uh, North Geelong wrapping up promotion, well-deserved after a very, very solid season. Um, Boleyn, I mean, they were testing them in the early bits, but in the end, North Geelong just running away with it. A double from Caleb Mikulic and Rowan Opperman with the third Ryan Opperman song. Sorry. To uh, put that one to bed. So a big that's win Ante for North Geelong. Ante favourite NPL2 player, Ryan really? Hoffman. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a nice little tidbit. But that you're, puts them... You're always asking about North Geelong, and he goes, Ryan Hoffman, my water player. Yeah, well, he hasn't got Noah Scott got to go on about <laughs> right now, which is unfortunate. But nonetheless, uh, big result for North Geelong. They'll be in the top tier next year. It's great to see after a great season for them. But... Hey, just quickly, Nick, you mentioned the Northcote Werribee result, right? I did, yeah. Just wanted to give a quick shout-out to someone who returned from injury in this game. Uh, Leo Athanasiu, who's former Northcote City best and fairest, he had a knee injury in 2020, and it's been... He's had such a tough time on that road to recovery. He didn't even play in 2021. Mm. He's missed nearly all of the season, but finally, with one game to go, he's back. So Sensational. Uh, so, so pleased to see uh, Leo Athanasiu make and his return to playing for Northcote, and I'm sure that the boys at John Kane are happy to have oh, him absolutely. back because a he's very, an important figure at the club very, and a good very, player, a really good player as well. Very, very buoyant scenes down there at Cotsy's Corner after the win as well. It was because he was on. Yeah, yeah, he was. And you know what? The great thing is it's a good end to the season for Northcote. I mean, that was looking like a tough year for them, but they've really turned the corner under their new manager school list. And right now, I think they're going to be a team to keep an eye on over the off-season because they're a team that probably have ambitions to be back in the top tier of NPL Victoria. So nonetheless... We're burying the lead here, Lockie. Uh, game of oh, the yeah. round. Uh, Friday night footy. Uh, it was all on the line. It was, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I probably could play a bit of uh, the Fox footy theme in the background, but nonetheless, we're going to leave that for just the time being. Moreland City against Pasco Val at CB Smith Reserve. I was lucky enough to call this game with Craig Filer. Um, i got to say, the heavens were opening up. Craig messaged me before the game and he said, uh, it is, <laughs> I forgot what the word, throwing it down in the West down in Werribee. <laughs> And that's a very uh, English term. So I actually had to Google what does throwing it down <laughs> mean. So I thought, who is throwing what? And then um, 
But where I was in Templestowe, <laughs> it was it was it was dry. So I'm thinking, oh, geez, the rain better hold off. Nick, it, Nick, he was Nick was thinking, reading his phone, thinking Craig's got into a, a fight, like yeah, some shots. Like, oh, sorry, I'm throwing down in Werribee. Yeah, I can't. is he throwing it down with a Werribee player or so? Anyways, nonetheless. <laughs> um, Nonetheless, uh, the rain held off because it's good because it's CB Smith Reserve. As you do know, if you're not calling on the scaffold and if it's raining, uh, there's no cover there. Or if you're going to call in the grandstand, there's a big pole in the way. So lucky enough, the rain held off. It was a brilliant turnout, Lockie. Um, it really was. Over, over, I reckon over a 1,000 people there easily at CB Smith. Uh, the juniors were out and about for Pasco Vale. There was a really good vibe. The Moreland City fans were out and about. Obviously, it is a local derby. Yeah, the vibes were sensational. And there was a real... There was just this real sort of like grand final feel to it that you felt like, all right, this has proper stakes right now. Like you can feel the excitement. Um, and within 30 seconds, Moreland City were ahead. Uh, Fletcher Fulton basically straight from kickoff. What a goal it was. Yeah. Um, bad what mistake. Player, of the back. actually, Fletcher oh, Fulton is. Sensational. One to watch player. out for if, Absolutely. if, if Moreland City do get promoted. Yeah. Uh, even if they don't, if I mean, they might team. get picked up by another yeah. team. Yeah. So Fletcher Fulton gives Moreland City the lead inside the opening minutes. But then after that, Paco started to build themselves into the game. They sort of weathered that early storm, and then Terence Carter got the equaliser. Good finish from the corner. I mean, he kind of oh, scuffed it. It's kind of scuffed it, but it went right in the top corner. No chance for Condalian. And then from there, it looked as if Paco were going to win. Even after Miguel Alterez Diaz got sent off, he got a yellow card for descent, and then a really silly challenge for the second. Both silly. And it was so for a step. Sent off. Um, just a really, it's a, just a brain fade. And oh, in the totally. end, I mean, as I said, Paco were the team that were asking more of the questions going forward. They brought on Joffrey and Kosso. They brought on uh, Bilal Habib. They brought on Thomas Harris. But back the other way, Moreland City was still threatening because the two chances they had in the second half, Lockie, to young Max Baceno, oh. who I'm a massive fan of. I really rate this kid. He's, mm. he's only just turned 18. He's had a brilliant season, nine Likewise. goals this year. Son of, obviously, the president, Morris Bassetto. Um, start of the first, start of the second half, has a great opportunity to open the scoring, flashes it over the bar. Then again, later on, a similar play, cross in from Apaya Kuno, and Max Bassetto just had to put it either side of Alex Pavlidis. But somehow, Pav, our man Pav, got a hand to it for one of the saves of the season. Not, not even going to BS you here, guys. It was a brilliant save. He somehow got a hand to it. I looked at Craig Fowler and I thought that he didn't get a hand to it, but he somehow did. Max Bassetto, I feel so, I felt so sorry for him because he was doing everything right except putting the ball in the back of the net, and he had such a good game. Oh, and and when and, that chance was missed, because like you yeah. said, when when Moreland City did come the other way in transition, they were hot knife through butter. Yeah. They were creating super high quality looks. When Max Bassetto missed that chance. You thought that was it. I thought that was it. I thought I that's thought it. That yeah, was it. That's going to take the home. wind out of their sails. And pack up the other way were looking dangerous. I mean, they were still going for it through uh, Nick Georgiopoulos, Joffrey and Kosso were getting for it. Aiden Musadonagic's second half was one of the best second half performances I've seen all season. And good. he was brilliant. And the fact that obviously Paco now can't get promoted, he's one player that I would love to see in the top tier of NPL football next season. It's a shame it won't be for Paco, but this guy, certainly a player to keep an eye on. He went, They moved him further up the pitch after the... The red card, he was just terrorizing Byron Figueroa for that early stages. But then in the end, with one little play at the end, it looked like Bilal Habib was through back the other way, Lockie. He scuffs his shot, saved by Kandalian. One play up the other end. Uh, basically, it was like a boom crash opera between Muhammad Habib 
and I forgot which Morn City player it was. That I think it might be Matt Spall. It was Matt Spall. They collided yes. on the edge of the area. Ball falls through. Gets to Jamie. It was a great ball from Christos Theodorakopoulos. This beautiful way to lift the ball. Jamie Latham, lovely touchback across goal. And Apaya Kuno with the last kick of the game wins it for Morland so City. It, they scored with basically the, the first, first and, and last, last kick of the, game. of the game. And the scenes afterwards, Lockie, were just incredible. Because players and- like Corey Thomas, Apaya Kuno, Andrew Viola, who wasn't playing... Um, you know, Matt Spall as well. They are the remaining players of that team from 2018. Well, the team that, that went so, so close, yeah. And you could see the emotion on a Piacuno. It's had such a tough year. This guy has scored so many goals. He's won golden boots. He's, you know, represents South Sudan with his feet, mm. obviously, down here. Tough year, it's only 10 appearances. Hampered by injury, yep. yeah. Scored only his second goal of the season. Wins it for Moreland City. It's heartbreak for Pasco Vale, who will miss promotion. In my opinion, they're good enough to be a top-tier mm. team. They're both good enough, in my opinion, to be top-tier teams. It's a shame that there could only be one in the end. It would A point would have been enough to keep Paco in it for another week, but Moreland City, they are right in with a chance still to win the championship, and it sets up for this weekend, which I'll have the joy of calling Lockie. I, I'm, I'm very glad that I've got myself on this one. Yeah, you did elbow a few people out of this I, one too. I did, because to be fair, I, I can't do any of the games on Sunday, so this is the one that I could do on Saturday. How convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Moreland City versus North Geelong Warriors to decide the championship, to decide whether Moreland City go up because if they don't win and Brunswick Juventus beats Werribee at CB Smith Reserve on Saturday, mm. Lockie, Brunswick Juventus go up. I spoke to Morris Bassetto after the game and a few of the other Moreland City guys and they said, Nick, please don't, don't jinx it. We are not there yet. Because if anyone knows about heartbreak at the last minute, it's Moreland City fans and the Moreland City people. They, it's going to be a great atmosphere down at Campbell Reserve on Saturday. I'd get there if I, if you can. It's going to be a massive, massive game. But just running through the rest of the results, Lockie, obviously still the relegation playoff. One spot to the side among three teams this weekend with Kingston, Brunswick City and Werribee battling to, to stay up. Two will stay up. One will go down with GV Suns for that playoff. Juventus, obviously, against Werribee away. Uh, Brunswick City going to Goulburn Valley. That's a game Brunswick should win. Kingston up against Bulleen and, of course, Lang Warren against Manningham and Northcote against Pasco Vale. Lockie, let's get some predictions. Mm. Who's going up and who joins GV Suns in the playoffs? Oh, God. Well, the thing the thing is, I'm not, not sure whether we made this clear enough or not, but a draw is not enough for Moreland City. No. depending, It is dependent. Brunswick Juventus have got to get the win against the Werribee Werribee City side side who are also fighting for the chance to guarantee a spot in the NPL 2 for next year and not be in that pro rel playoff spot that still remains wide open. So Brunswick have still got to win, which is a a fundamental. The thing is they play at CB Smith, so that's a good thing. But if Brunswick Juventus win, a draw for Moreland City is not enough. enough. And now you might be sitting at home thinking, well, North Geelong have promoted, you know... They're going to take it easy. They're going to have their little promotion party away from home at Campbell Reserve in Coburg. What's the harm? They've got to win the premiership for God's sake. No, no, no. North Geelong have come this... They have not come this far to not finish top, to not win at all, to not win the title as well. So they will not be playing like a team who have... And they just need a point. Yeah. They just need a point. And yeah, they're... Moreland City need to win against the team who just have to not lose. Yeah. That's not That's a good dangerous. Equ- that is not a good equation for victory. Again, contingent on results elsewhere, but you just think if Brunswick get that win, 
If Brunswick Juventus get that win over Werribee, which they oh should, yeah. that's going to do it for them. But we could be set for a, like uh, incredible football, tw- football 24. That, this is my actual <laughs> – I am going to say that Moreland City go up. Okay. I'm going to say that Moreland yeah. City go up. But my strongest prediction is that my football 24 on Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. will be, be worked out. exploding. Yeah. Absolutely exploding. I actually can foresee a situation where Werribee are ahead and Brunswick City can't, or Brunswick Juventus, sorry, uh, come back from behind. Mm. Or where Brunswick Juventus are ahead and Werribee come City back behi- come from behind. From behind. Yeah. Or, Mor- or Moreland City are, dr- are level with North Geelong and get a late winner. Yeah. Like, I just Anything think, could happen. I think there is going to be to be drama. I just hope that all the drama hasn't been used up on that game on Friday night because it was genuinely, yeah. Nick, and I'm not just saying this because you and Craig were doing the game, genuinely one of the best games it was. I've ever watched. Not in terms of the quality, so much but in terms of the spectacle, in terms of how good I felt about football after coming away from that game. It genuinely, in recent memory, it was right up there. It warmed, and it I don't, the cockles. If we had... An eternity of time on this podcast, we could use it as a springboard to talk about why promotion and relegation <laughs> is needed thing. at every level of football, uh, but we don't have time All right. for that. Just quickly. So I'm going to say Moreland City go up. I'm going to actually agree. I reckon Moreland City are going to go up with a point, and I reckon Brunswick Juventus are not going oh, to win. I think where are you going to get wow. something. I genuinely think where are you going to get something. But for me, I don't think it's going to be enough because I think Boleyn and Boleyn's going to beat Kingston, and I think that... That point will put Kingston goal difference clear. Brunswick will beat GV Suns. Yep. And Werribee will play in that promotion relegation playoff. So they'll get a result over Brunswick. Yeah. And yet they'll still be in the promotion relegation. It'll be a draw. Nick, you're a cruel man. I am a cruel man. Cruel man. Um, Just quickly, Lockie, just running through the... Obviously, we've basically gone through NPL 3. So just looking ahead to this weekend... um, well, the top well, it's championship decider, Preston, Melbourne City, basically. Preston up against, uh, against Box Hill and Melbourne City against Springvale White Eagles. They're both on Saturday. Uh, Melbourne Victory locked into... Well, they still want to get third spot, so they get GV Suns in that playoff, while Western United looking to lock it in with a win against Geelong. None of Wadding still in with a chance, but they have to beat Melbourne Victory and hope that Western United lose, but catch up on that goal difference as well, which is going to be something, because on goal score, Western United have them clear as well. So... That's going to be an interesting one. Then, of course, Springvale and Ballarat City fighting off for that last relegate. Who's going to stay up out of that? Lockie, my prediction is Preston win it. Um, and I think West United locking fourth spot as well. Uh, I, Josh said uh, Louis Oseski's philosophy is that he doesn't play for draws. Well, he may not, but I think that's what he's going to get, and that'll be enough for them. Yep, and I think in terms of the relegation battle, Lockie, I think the team that will be heading down to State 1 is going to be... I think it's going to be Ballarat just by default because I don't think they're going to be able to get all three points against North Sunshine, who have ended this season pretty well. I think they're going to go down quite unlucky. It's going to Springvale will uh, Springvale will lose, but Ballarat won't win. I'm going to go against you, Nick. Okay. I'm going to say I'm going to say Ballarat saved themselves. And just quickly, Lockie, in terms of the teams coming into MPL three next year, because we have to. This is bonkers. There are four teams in Men's State League One Northeast. Oh, sorry, Southeast. Southeast. Who can go up for two spots? Bo Morris and Melbourne are a tight. Well, Bo Morris on forty-five, Melbourne forty-four, Burundara forty-four, Mornington forty-three. Your team, Mornington, um, <laughs> of course. That as well. All simultaneous kickoffs on Saturday. You're so lose my job. <laughs> Burundara hosting South Springvale. 
uh, Malvern City on the road against Eltham Redbacks, but Bo Morris versus Mornington as well. That is going to be massive. Two of those teams will go up and join Caroline uh, Springs, George Cross, and Essendon, Essendon Royals, Royals The Royal well. Ascension over the weekend. Congrats yes, to absolutely. them. absolutely. Congratulations to them. Lockie, quickly, predictions for the top tier, the final rounds before finals. It's yes. been an incredible season, but still so much to go off this with finals, but the final home and away leg is here. Let's start off at Avenger Park. Avondale versus South Melbourne. Obviously oh, all these games God, as well, 3pm Sunday. you going to this game first. Actually, right, let's leave it then. Yeah. Eastern Lions versus Heidelberg. Do Eastern Lions finally win a game at home? <laughs> you want to do it, don't you? I you so want to do it. I want to do it. <laughs> Oh, no, Heidelberg 3-1. Heidelberg 3-1. I wanted to do it so badly, though. I I could tell. I wouldn't be shocked if Heidelberg Heidelberg wins, but it's not going to be easy. Uh, 2-1 win. They're going to have to fight for it. might actually 1-0 Heidelberg. They'll win. They'll win. But whether it's enough, whole other question. Um, Let's go to the dead rubber. Altona St. Albans. I'm going (laughs) 1-1. Nil all. Um... Actually, 6-4. Anyway, why, right, why, why not? Why not? Oakley versus Hume City. Um, I'm going to say Oakley 3-1 winners. Underrated game, this yeah. one. Uh, these two sides had a really good, really close game last time they met at Valley Park. I'm going to say 3-2 Oakley. Okay. 3-2 Oakley. Interesting. Uh, Dandy Thunder versus Green Gully. George Andrews. 2-2. Uh, Dandy Thunder 2-1. I think Green Gully playing wow. on Thursday is going to hamper them. I'm going to say 2-2. Yep. For the same reasons, more just like I don't think those reasons will be enough to okay. get Thunder over the line. Port Melbourne, Melbourne Knights. I'm going Port Melbourne 2-0. 2-1. Port. And, Port, uh, just to be clear. Dandy City, Bentley Greens. I'm going Bentley 1-0. They've had a full week Two, of rest. I think one that helps. Bentley. And of course, Avondale versus South Melbourne. Oh Lockie, God, I'm going. I'm going Avondale three. Living it three. to last. Going Avondale three. Easy. I think Avondale you should have shocked me and put it in halfway through. Avondale wins three two. Oh God! I think they they shock South Melbourne and they go in with a wet sail going into finals. As much as they are playing on tomorrow night. Two all draw. Oh, so. In terms of Based our predicted my ladders, predictions, Heidelberg so, will get through ahead of Avondale. So. Mine don't change. Mine is going to be South Melbourne, Port Melbourne, Oakley, Green Gully, Avondale, and Bentley. Same six in the same order. So it means Oakley versus Bentley in the first just, final. Doherty I, Cup rematch in Green Gully, I, I, Avondale. Look, from a pure football, I wish we could have eight teams in the finals. I know. Can we just make it, it a bit easier? Can we have a playing tournament? Oh, Can we honestly, just have a playing tournament? Like, honestly, it'd be great. Um, I, it's like, how because good would I it do be want to still... see, I do want to see Avondale but play in the finals. How good would it be to still have a pro-rel playoff in MPL 1 to MPL 2 so we could have Paco yeah. or Brunswick-Juventus taking on, you know, Hume City yeah. this uh, week? You're like, preaching oh. to the converted here, Nick. Madonna, come on, FV. Let's do it. Um, But, yeah, I just think... I think you underestimate how fired up South will be to thwart oh, Avondale. In this I think game. so, but I think Avondale are going to rise to the occasion and get okay. a game. And I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see that it's happen. It's going to be a but great I'm going to stick awesome with game. Awesome game of football. I do love Desmond's that. in the predictions. Yeah, love it too. All right, Lockie, time for us to say goodbye here on the MPL Victoria pod. We'll be back next week, probably on Monday next week as well. We'll start a bit early. Obviously, we'll look ahead to the first week of finals. And of course... The promotion, relegation, playoffs, and review at what's going to be a chaotic final round of MPL 
Victoria, MPL Victoria 2, MPL Victoria 3, and even the Men's State League 1. Who is coming to MPL next season? Can't wait for it, Lockie. But uh, wherever you are, get down to your local ground on Saturday or Sunday. If it's in any of the leagues, support your teams. It's going to be an incredible final day. Stay tuned to MPL.TV as well. Make sure you've downloaded Football 24. Especially for MPL sponsored. We probably should be, really, Yeah, I know. So, hello, Football 24. It's a great application. Absolutely. But uh, anyways, Lockie. Introduce NPL 3, though. We're missing NPL 3. That actually would be great. Even State League 1. MPLW as well. Yeah, all of them. Lift your game. I agree. I do love you though, football training. <laughs> Anyways, uh, myself, Nick Devano and Lockie Flanagan will be back next week. And uh, miss any of it, head over to the podcast platforms. But we'll be back very, very soon.